So as you guys can see, uh, Ike is in the building. We'll, we'll get an appearance with him uh, a little later on. Uh, you uh, you texted me an article uh, from the Wall Street Journal that you were digging into. Tell me oh, tell yeah. me a little yeah. bit about that. I because oh, yeah. I, fa- I, I found this right fascinating. Here. Yeah, um, this was in the Wall Street Journal today, and you know I read the Wall Street Journal every day. I've done it for years. I love reading the Wall Street Journal. I pick up a lot of good things from it. It's, you know, a lot of good health tips, a lot of good little sports stuff and great business stuff. But, um, you know, just a lot of smart people write columns in here. And this one today just happened to stand out to me because, you know, I do all the work with the hormones and um, mood swings in your mid-40s, perimenopause may be to blame. Um, some doctors say hormone treatments can help women who are feeling anxious or depressed. Well, of course, um, it does. That's what we've been doing for years. And, you know, a lot of doctors just don't know about this. A lot of patients, um, I think it said in this article and, you know, they talked to people at Harvard and all the big centers and all, and I think only 5% of doctors nationwide, feel they're competent enough to advise anybody about hormones. And they were saying that, um, you know, most doctors receive scant training and some women say their doctors don't tell them they might be going through perimenopause, which is a, the part of your life in the usually late mid to late forties where you're not in a full blown menopause, but uh, you're in the, you're in the early parts of it. And it causes a lot of depression, a lot of mood swings um, just a lot of crazy stuff that, um, a lot of doctors will put women on antidepressants and, you know, just think they're crazy or whatever, when it's really hormonal. And, you know, we've known this for years. We studied, it's what I did my fellowship in. And it's just good to know, you know, 20 years after you've been doing this stuff, it's finally getting into the mainstream that, Hey, this, you know, we may not look at women's hormones, but it goes back to the, you know, the 2002 study, the Women's Health Initiative that that scared doctors and patients off of hormones, uh, which previously were the most prescribed medicines in the United States, even with the synthetic hormones like Primrin and Primpro. So that was a terrible study that was almost a, the disaster of the, you know, the definitely the last 20 to 30 years in, in advising people on how to take care of their health was that women's health initiative because it wrongly said that hormones were dangerous and um, even using synthetic hormones that come from pregnant horse urine um, in that study using Primrin and Primpro it turned out that the medroxyprogesterone was really the culprit but even with that and we again we don't use these synthetic hormones we use bioidentical hormones and there's less risk of cancer and heart disease with those than more, less. But anyway, with that study, they, they determined that um, if you look at it, that the incidence of using these synthetic hormones of breast cancer went from four women per thousand to five women per thousand. Mm. And in that study, half the women in that study were smokers, half of them were obese. Half of them were over 65 years old. So, 
and they were using the wrong type of hormone anyway. So it was really a, a really a sham. And it, it just tells you how if you don't keep up with medicine and actually practice medicine and see patients and talk to them and go much further in learning about the intricacies of what you're doing, like hormone replacement. You know, most gynecologists I know don't know the difference between uh, natural progesterone and medroxy progesterone. There's a huge difference and they don't even know it. Um, uh, most of them in my experience. So um, it's gratifying and it's just, you know, I'm going to try to put this out. So, you know, at least people that look at our blogs can, can feel reassured that, you know, we're doing the right thing for these women. Um, women have a lot harder time with hormones than men. Like I've said before, men are simple creatures. You know, we have to worry about testosterone and it just slowly goes down. Women have to worry about four hormones and they're cyclical. So they're, they drop off at different rates. So by the time you hit full-blown menopause at 50, 52, your periods stop and you've got full-blown hot flashes, night sweats, et cetera. You know, you've already lost a lot of your bone density, your brain power. You know, you've probably been depressed or moody or having mood swings for years. So you need to start them early. So get that baseline checked, you know, at least by the age of 40 and follow it yearly and it'll change your life. Not only that, it'll protect your bones, protect your brains against dementia, um, your libido, your skin, your hair, your muscle. It decreases fat. Uh, women really need to look at this. Are you really doing yourself a, an injustice? So it's just a great thing that I saw this morning that, uh, of course, I sent to you because you do a, all of our blogging and putting information out there. So, um uh, we'll put a little post on it, probably, if you can do that. What we what we'll do, guys, is we will uh, we'll figure out a way to get a link um, to this Wall Street article that Doc is talking about. Uh, let's see here. Let's let, you ready to go ahead and get into some questions. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's ready. rock it out, guys. Um, uh, as you guys know, um, first part of the show, we're going to take questions that came in throughout the week. Uh, second part of the show, we're taking live questions. So if you have a, a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put in the comments, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to get to them all tonight. It's a cold mm -hmm. night. We got nowhere to go. Uh, it, it, Ike Ike might have somewhere to go, <laughs> but yeah, you. I'm and not I gonna don't. ride my bike. I'm not gonna ride my bike tonight. It's too cold. Uh, all right. So this is a this is a great question that I really appreciated. Um, what vitamins are best to help preteen girls focus and be calm? I believe my daughter has a little bit of ADHD, but I do not want to have to put her on prescription medication. Follows up with saying, I've been giving her magnesium at night with melatonin, but she still seems to be having a lot of trouble focusing and staying on task and at school. And uh, they go on to yeah. say, I've read that chlorella, uh, which we, we've talked a little bit about in the, in the Gut Binders article, uh, chlorella is also good for kids as well as adults, and the tryptophan can give a calm feeling. Would this be something uh, he would suggest, he being Dr. Rogers? Uh, what's your thoughts on this? And I can go back to the uh, first yeah. part, too. Yeah. Um, no, um, you know, chlorella is a great for your gut. It's, it's a binder that I talked about in last week's podcast. So there's a huge uh, gut-brain connection. So the first thing I would do is see how her gut's functioning, make sure that's all straightened out. She's eating the right types of foods um, because if your gut's not functioning properly, it just kind of sets you up for all kinds of 
brain fog, fatigue, um, you know, all stimulation for autoimmune diseases and things like that. So chlorella is a very safe um, binder. It's really blue-green algae. It's very safe. You can take it for long periods of time. Some of the binders I, I use for shorter periods of time. Um, remember, a binder is uh, a substance that binds up toxins in the gut and flushes them out of your system so they won't reenter that uh, hepatic recirculation pattern and just keep circulating your bloodstream and, and causing inflammation. So that's a good one to, to do. But look at the gut. Make sure she's not uh, having some food intolerances like to milk, dairy, glutens especially. Um, so look at that. But yeah, I love um, L-tyrosine is a really good one for ADD. Um, and I like, you know, that's take that in the morning and L-tryptophan is a good one to take at night, especially if they're not sleeping and that type of thing. So that's a good one-two punch, L-tryptophan at night and L-tyrosine in the morning. Um, and of course, make sure that uh, she's taking a good multivitamin. You know, girls manifest ADHD different than boys do usually because it's all really labeled ADHD. There, there's three forms of that. One is the inattentive form you see more in girls. One is more the more hyperactive form which you see in boys. And one's the mixed form, which you see a little bit of both. But, you know, I would certainly try those before I'd go to prescription medicine. Again, the point, how do you know when to go to, to a prescription medicine? Well, if they're suffering in their grades and they just can't get it, you know, there's a lot of ADHD, ADD and ADHD that run in families. Um, you know, a lot of times I can almost look at a kid uh, when they come in with their mom or dad and just observe the way they run around the room while you're trying to help the parent out with some kind of medical problem. And you're thinking to yourself, that kid may have, ADHD and you don't want to say anything really, but um, you just kind of follow. So when it gets to a point where um, it's really interfering with their grades and maybe even their social life, then, um, you know, that's the time to think about prescription medicine and, and those can be safe. You know, we use a lot of them in adults and, you know, again, the, I've said it before, but the two medications that people come back to me and hug my neck and say it changed their life are hormones and probably Adderall. Now, you know, people say, well, it's overused. It's probably underused, uh, but certainly, you know, as, an, as a functional medicine doctor, I'd rather do natural than prescription if, if I can. But you, know, you can't ignore the fact if, if the other stuff's not working and they're really struggling then, you know, consider getting a formal evaluation and then maybe considering some of the other um, forms of stimulants uh, that may help as well. But start out with, with those two I mentioned and the chlorella, look at the gut, try to do everything you can to make sure that everything is good for them. And, you know, kids these days have a lot more stress. They have to multitask more. That's why we're seeing a lot more ADHD than we used to. We didn't see that stuff when I was a kid. I mean, you just really didn't see it much. There's probably a little more discipline back then too, and that may factor into it a little bit, but um, it's just a really interesting topic. You want to 
you don't want your kids to fall behind in school. Um, Can you tell so, us it's okay. L-tryptophan and what was the combination again? Just so people. L-tyrosine in the morning, L-tryptophan at night. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, great question. Um, we're going to go to a vitamin D question. Um, what is the best ratio of vitamin D3 to K2? Some vitamins have 1,000 IU D3 slash 45 MCG K2, and others have 1,000 to 80 or 5,000 to 50. Um, so we'll start with that, and then we'll yeah. go with the calcium to magnesium. Yeah. I, I just use, you know, check your vitamin D levels. And the typical dose for an adult for D3 is about 5,000 units. And the K2, I like the form M, MK2. Seven, which is, I think it's 150 to 180 milligrams. Uh, that's the one I like. Um, and that's, that's the ratio I put in my multivitamin, Dr. Rogers potent multivitamin. Um, so that look, check your levels and make sure you have, um, as an adult, about 150 to 180 uh, milligrams of K2. The calcium magnesium ratio, I don't look at that much. You know, I look at levels, you know, and again, if you really want to do the magnesium right, you'll get an RBC magnesium, which is a special, more accurate measure of your magnesium level. And um, again, I don't really supplement with a lot of calcium. Um, you know, I'd rather you get that in your food. So I don't put people on a lot of extra calcium supplements. But I use the heck out of magnesium. There's so many different forms. Uh, of it. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, you need a thousand uh, of milligrams of calcium. You need 500 of uh, magnesium. So that's a two to one ratio, but I just don't put a lot of extra. I don't use a lot of calcium supplements myself. I used to tell people to, but now I just don't. I think you can overdo it, but, they, but magnesium is certainly very important. So check your levels and see. And I'm going to put this up here because uh, it, it relates to this question from from Gene here. Uh, if your multi if your multiple vitamin has D three fifty MCG K one twenty MCG, how much K two do you need? Um, and I think I'm reading that right. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what what you're taking there, but um, like I said, I like the vitamin, the form of K two I like that works the best is MK seven. It's 180 milligram. And the D3, I like to be about 5,000 for an adult. But check your levels. So, so MK7 um, is kind of what – so the MK7 is the is the form you like of K2. Right, right. Okay. Uh, Gene, right. Ho hope that helps. I'm going to put this up here from Bianca. Uh, what do you like the RBC mag level to be? Do you have a – I don't – you know, I'd have to go – I don't have it right in front of me, so I have to look at the normals on that. Um, I like it smack dab in the middle of – the normal limit, it, uh, maybe a little bit towards it. Yeah, because different labs have different measures of, uh, you know, whether it's nanograms per deciliter. So I'd hate to give you a number without looking at the particular lab, but just look at, you know, you want to at least mid-range normal to a little high normal. All right. Thank you for that, Bianca. Um, let's go to, let's, let's go to this question. I, I, I love this cause I know, uh, a lot of people feel this way. Um, I have a terrible sugar addiction. I love the junk and sweets. I need to stop eating, but can't seem to. 
any advice that can help besides getting my mouth wired shut? And uh, and I love I love the analogy there. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts? Hey, on they this? used to they used to wire mouth shut for weight loss. No, I remember. I never forget back when I was an orderly in surgery back in the early seventies. You know, I worked as an orderly in, in the surgical suites at the hospital for several years. Um, my dad got me the job since he was a surgeon up there, but um, I can remember them wiring people's uh, jaw shut. You know, is it more of a dental thing than a, you know, put your lips together. But um, I always, God, I, that made me nervous seeing people. Like, but se several of the nurses got that procedure. It didn't seem to work too well. I can tell you that much. They, they would get pliers and, and take, <laughs> take, the, oh. take them out. It was just an awful way to, so uh, don't get your mouth wired shut. I have seen that done. Um, but yeah, sugar addictions, you know, sugar is the most addictive substance on the planet of the earth, way more addictive than cocaine. Um, you know, they, the experiment they did years ago at Harvard where, you know, we do everything with mice and, and they, you know, we give, we put mice on a maze, you know, to make, they can find their way to a reward. And they, um, they gave the mice two pathways. One went to sugar as a reward and the other one went to cocaine. And so they could go either way. They always took the sugar route. So then they addicted the mice to cocaine and let them try it again. They still went to the sugar. That's how addicting it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a hard thing, you know, with any addiction or food addiction, at least you need to, you need to abstain from it for three weeks. And that usually will take a lot of the cravings away, but you probably need some help with it. You know, um, you may need to consider, you know, a medicine like Ozempic, something that will, um, really crave your, uh, curve your cravings for, for carbs. Um, so it's a very common thing. You can get over it though. There, there's no problem. There's no problem with that. It just takes a while. Sometimes as doc, you know, you may even need to see Dr. Robin Brank, our, our PhD psychologist that does a lot of work with, um, food addictions. And so you may want to hit it from two, you know, both using a medicine for it and, uh, some psychological help for that. You may have, you know, you may have digestive issues too, because if you've got a yeast overgrowth in your gut, then, you know, yeast feed on sugar. So, um, it can definitely be overcome, but it's, it's really addictive. It's a great question though. Yeah. We're getting, a, I see a few people in here who also are also addicted to sugar. So that's the other thing is like, it affects everybody, um, you know, in some form or fashion. And, uh, and understanding that is a big deal, I think. And uh, growing up with two diabetic kids, you know, of course, we face that because you know we had to eliminate sugar in our house. Halloween, which is coming up, was you know one of the worst nights of the year because you know everybody's trick or treating. You, your kids can't eat the food, the, the candy. So uh, that's a hard thing for these type ones. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a hard thing for adults that have eaten it all their lives. And some people's kids could get by with eating candy and drinking sweet tea, drinking Mountain Dews, Krispy Kreme donuts. You know, I used to do it. And um, 
you know, you can get by with it, hopefully, you know, if you have a great metabolism, but you sure as an adult, you can't do that. I can't, you know, I can't do it. I'd be, I'd be overweight if I did that. All right, let's go to, uh, this is a, a reminder question. Uh, it's hair, is it estrogen or testosterone that it loves? We've talked a lot about hair loss recently. Um, hair, lo hair loves, estrogen is not too fond of testosterone. That's why if you ever go into a gym and you look at the bodybuilders, the guys that really abuse testosterone, they're all bald because they've, they've they used too much testosterone. You ever notice that, Ben? Yeah, I have. That's why you have a great head of hair. You never, you never lift weights. <laughs> hey, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, I have to say it's genetic, right? <laughs> a lot of it's genetic. Yeah, a lot of it is genetic. Uh, well, me not lifting weights too, or you? I, I, you know, <laughs> I do lift weights. <laughs> I lift the weights. I think Maybe that's why I'm getting a little receding here. I think it's but just it, a little bit. It's a little more fair to say you um, you use bands. Well, I do use mostly bands now. <laughs> but gosh, a guy your age should use real weights, man. I mean, gosh, come on. Um, okay, so <laughs> it is a hair loves estrogen, hates testosterone. I won't say it hates testosterone, but yeah, if there's any going to be any hair loss via hormonal stuff, it's going to be when testosterone converts to dihydrotestosterone. Um, and also, in some cases, DHEA, which is a precursor to testosterone, especially in women, I've seen it cause a little hair loss in women. I saw a lady today that um, had had hair loss post-COVID and, and just started taking biotin, and it really thickened her hair up. But there's a lot of ways to address it. A lot of times, you know, if you are low on testosterone and we put you on it and you're getting a little thin, uh, I'll put you on spironolactone, which is a dihydrotestosterone blocker, sometimes a mm. small dose of finasteride. Um, so there's a lot of ways we can prevent or reestablish hair growth. It's a great question, though. I, I was going to ask you that because I know you talk a lot about how women need testosterone, too. Um, and if you saw that have a, a hair loss effect and you just laid out the strategy right there. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you for that question. Um, let's go to, this is an orthomolecular question. I've heard you all talk about orthomolecular products. I want to order a good omega-3 product. Uh, the question is, I've been taking life extension, but the last few times they were so fishy tasting, I could not stomach it. Please suggest which of the orthomolecular omegas would be best for yeah. me. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, I prefer the orthomolecular omega-3s. That's what I take. Um, I think it's it's better than the life extension. I like life extension, but I really love the orthomolecular uh, omega-3. That's what it's called. You can just order it. We keep it at our office. Um, but I really like it. You know, you can almost get a feel for your omega-3 by you know, biting into it and actually tasting it or cut it in two and taste it, smell it. If it smells real fishy and rancid, you know, it may cause a lot of those fish burps and just, you know, stomach problems. Um, if you bite into the orthomolecular omega, um, it tastes lemony. So, um, 
I like, and I like, there's one other product I like for Omega threes. It's a Barleen's uh, Omega three and it comes in liquid. Their mango tastes, tastes pretty darn good. I like the Barleen's. Uh, so that's, those, uh, the ortho molecular is fantastic. Omega, you know, follow your levels by on your Cleveland. So, so the answer there is, uh, just the ortho molecular omega three, there's only one. And then the Barleen's omega three as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hope that helps. Thank you so much for that question. And, and I love, I love this question as well, because we've been talking a lot about, uh, CBD lately and the benefits of it and you know of course with anything there can be negative effects and uh this is just about you know just discussing some of the negative effects of cannabis slash cbd use i think you've talked a lot about some of the negative effects of cannabis use um kind of talk us through that how you're looking at it yeah you know there there's um there's plain cbd without the thc in it you know, as a safe product. Um, you know, I wouldn't use any product unless somebody needed it. Um, you know, it's just like anything else that you take. Some people really need it. Um, for THC, you know, when you're talking about medical marijuana, um, again, I would only recommend that for adults that, um, that have a real problem, like cancer, wasting syndrome, uh, HIV, people in chronic pain, chronic nausea, you know, have no appetite and, you know, are, are too thin, need something to stimulate appetite. Um, you know, it's a real medicine for that. And those people shouldn't be denied uh, medical marijuana. There are forms of, of that in pills. Uh, Marinol is one of them. Um, you know, my, my own mother, they prescribed that for her when she was in a nursing home with Alzheimer's disease because she wasn't eating anything. Um, but, you know, I, it, it's, again, it can be habit-forming. They say it's not a gateway drug. Um, I think it, that's, I don't, I'm not so sure it, it may not, I think it may be. But, you know, the experts say it's not. But um, I certainly don't like kids using it. You know, I, I, I call marijuana use in kids, especially kids under 25, for sure. Um, the great uh, demotivator, because those, those kids' prefrontal lobes aren't developed enough. Their judgmental skills are not there. And at a time when their brains are growing, they need to make good decisions and learn and set themselves up for a successful life. It's a, you know, it's a terrible thing, I think. You know, some may get by with it. A lot did. Um, it's, it's amazing how many kids use that in high school, and probably junior high as well. Um, and the stuff that comes out today is so much more potent than it was in the 60s. I never used it as a kid. I was too scared. My parents would kill me. If- Did we lose Doc? trying to figure I, out i've done that but hold on one second hold on one second i okay, think okay there we are you're going you're We're going back. in and out hold on one second you there with me yeah uh-huh. okay okay what were you saying about uh you, you, we lost you when 
Um, you mentioned your parents would have killed you with, with, yeah, I know, I know myself. And I know if I'd used marijuana as a teenager or college student, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten it done because I know myself and that would have unmotivated me for sure. Um, you know, uh, because certainly in college, I was not a real serious student. Um, you know, I like to have too much fun. Um, but, but anyway, it wasn't really until I got well into medical school that I started turning serious uh, because it's, it's kind of hard, uh, especially when you had as much fun as I did in college. But I certainly never smoked marijuana and, you know, still haven't. And I don't want to because I don't, you know, I guess I'm a control freak. I don't like non-control. But um, so I certainly recommend that part for people that are in chronic pain, can't sleep, adults that for nausea and medical purposes. Now, as far as CBD goes, um, you know, CBD, um, it's, it's very safe product. You know, the, it's been used for thousands of years and some people just need it. You know, when you practice medicine and you're out there seeing people and, you know, it's a very stressful world. We don't live in utopia. We live in a real world that's very tough. Uh, you can't be a family doctor for 36 years and not see a lot of pain and suffering. And if we have a tool out there that will help somebody that needs relaxing to relax, then you should do it. I mean, CDs like drink a glass of wine at night. Some people will come home and drink a glass of wine, which is fine. Um, just because they get that little bit of relaxation. Of course, some people are going to become alcoholics. Um, you know, the only way to prevent, or know that you won't become an alcoholic is to never take that first drink. Um, and, but, you know, most people occasionally will drink a glass of wine or something to relax them. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you see as much stuff as I do, as far as anxiety, depression, pain, you know, if something as safe as, as CBD uh, can help somebody, then certainly we're going to use it. It's very safe. It's totally legal. Um, you know, certainly better than, uh, getting on a pain medication like an opiate. I mean, we have an opiate epidemic right now. So I'm certainly, um, I just haven't seen any negatives out of using the CBD. As a matter of fact, how CBD came about was that it saved the life of this little girl named Charlotte who had Dravet syndrome, which is intractable seizures. I mean, she saw every neurologist. They tried every prescription medicine. And her dad goes to these these five pharmacists who are all brothers and begged them to come up with something uh, like they'd heard marijuana help seizures. But these guys isolated the, C the CBD without um, having any THC in it. And it's now a medicine called Epidiolex and it's a prescription medicine for seizures for those a couple uh, syndromes of intractable epilepsy. One of them is called Dravet's syndrome. The other one I can't think of, but I mean, it saved her life. And so that's actually how the, the product Charlotte's web came about, um, which is a good form of CBD. Um, so, you know, it's a great product. I'm not against it at all. You could abuse anything. You could take too much Tylenol and shut down your liver. Tylenol is a more dangerous drug than CBD. Um, you know, probably, wine alcohol is more dangerous than cbd so i just i just haven't seen now when you're talking delta 8 which has thc in it 
um, that's a different game. I certainly don't want kids on that and only adults that really need it. Uh, but in a lot of cases, it, it, it does calm them down and, and so they can rest or not be in so much pain. So there's there's great uses of it. I mean, you know, as as a medical doctor, you know, I want to do the best of both uh, of both worlds, traditional and alternative. Um, you don't need to get too far out on one side or the other. And I've known people like that uh, that wouldn't you know, they wouldn't take any prescription medicine to save their lives, even though it could save their life. Um, and there's people that ignore the benefits of vitamins, you know, because they're safe. They're not going to hurt you, but they think, well, they're not going to work, but they are going to work. You need vitamins. So you have to practice medicine in a real world before you'd really realize, uh, the benefits and, and when to use these things. I mean, you have to have good judgment on when to use these things. And, uh, but they're certainly needed for a lot of people. Um, but I, I just, you know, medical marijuana only for the select few. CBD, very safe. I think it, again, I wouldn't use that unless I really needed it. Um, I hope that's the answer you're looking for. No, it's, it's a really, it's a great discussion and, uh, and one that we need to, you know, probably keep having, you know, because I think there is, there is a fine line and, uh, you know, and, and like you've said with anything, there's always, uh, you can always take too much of something. And I, I love how you said, um, you know, for some people, some, some things just don't work, you know, uh, but you yeah. have to, you know, kind of try it at the beginning and see yeah. how it works for you. Everybody's you know, we different. Don't, we don't live in a utopian world. We live in a very uh, sick, stressed out population. If you saw some of the people that I've seen through the years and still see every day, you know, it's, it's really, a lot of people are so anxious. It's unbelievable. You know, I even use Xanax on some people, the most habit forming medicine around that we prescribe. These are really sparingly, but some people need it. There's other doctors. You can't take that. That's too addictive and it is addictive, but some people need it. Just like some people need a prescription pain medicine. Uh, there's, there's so many abusers out there. They've, they've taken a lot of freedoms out for prescribing them, but not certainly hardly ever prescribe an opiate anymore, but in certain cases I'll prescribe a short term of them because they need it. Uh, so you have to use good judgment. You have to be out in the real world as a practicing physician. Uh, that's why a lot of the ivory tower doctors, they never practice medicine. They don't know what it's like. They, they can't empathize with these people and put themselves in their shoes. And hopefully as a family doctor who has, sense and empathy, you can really help these people. They need help. You can't just say, well, just go eat right and live a relaxed, chill life. That's not possible with some of these situations they're in. It's a, it's a, it's a great, great answer, great question, and, and a great topic, and a, a one that we'll probably keep talking about on this show because, you know, I think, you know, we all, especially a show like this where we talk so much about prevention, um, you know, there's, there's definitely, you know, a, a fine line and one that, uh, you know, you want to stay on that fine line. Uh, but I want to put this up just and based on your judgment, would you have given Matt some CBD on Saturday night just for some of the anxiety he was probably experiencing? Yeah. From, from the pictures I saw when <laughs> UT, you know, they kicked that field goal and I saw a picture of, uh, that family and what they did going nuts. That was just a joy to see number one, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, when you're down on the floor, you know, beating your chest and jumping on people and, you know, <laughs> Matt, Matt, we need that was to... just great to see. That was great to see. I always say post that video somewhere on the internet. I think it'd go viral, but yeah, I mean, you might've need a little CBD to, to calm down and get a decent <laughs> night's sleep. You probably didn't sleep all night. Matt, I love you, man. I was, I was so happy, uh, uh, Saturday night, you know, for you, for everyone in the entire state. Uh, so I, I I think, I I think that's super cool. And, and I know you guys, from the looks, from the looks of the Budweiser's I saw in the background, you don't, you didn't need anything extra though, (laughs) other than what you had. You know, what's, you know, what's funny is there's a, uh, there's a video, um, online of a, of a fan, who, when that field goal went through, was jumping up and down, tore his ACL right then and there, <laughs> and, and posted a video about it, and he said it was well worth it. <laughs> I love oh, that's it. That's hilarious. Uh, okay, uh, guys, uh, I'm seeing a lot of talk about the 820 Omega. Thank you, Katie, for putting that in there. Uh, that's the one we're, we're – I guess we, we sell the 8, 830 or 820 Omega – um, so, um, is that's that, the, a, that's what we're throwing like, that's it worth yeah. Okay. Um, so hopefully that helps some of the omega threes, uh, three questions. All right. We're going to get to the comments guys. Um, we're going to take live questions here. Um, if you have a question for doc, please put it in the comments and, uh, and we will, we will get going. All right. Let's see here. I, I want to put Bianca's question up because this is, uh, around, Hormone therapy, um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, because it came up right around that. What if we started late? Are we still getting protection for brain, et cetera, now? Uh, this has to do with um, uh, the, the, the perimenopause uh, yeah, conversation. Um, yeah, again, the earlier the better. But, yeah, I mean, you know, especially if you're a healthy person and all. You know, if you're a healthy person that stays lean, eats right, exercises, you know, that's, that's most of the ball game. Um, but when your hormones do start to go down, um, you start declining with a lot of stuff, including your bones and maybe energy levels and all. But um, no, you should still do it. You know, it's interesting because I get a, I get questioned a lot. You know, well, you know, they say I need to stop. You know, when I'm through the hot flash and night sweat, it's sixty, maybe sixty-five. And I started to think about this, and why would you? stop your hormones at 65 when you know you hopefully going to live till 90 100 probably even longer ben as a matter of fact i want to tell you remember that guy that we got on the podcast a few years ago that turned 100 years old and yes i interviewed him for yeah. he's a well-known guy here in kingsport yeah i interviewed him on his secrets and all and yeah. he how he was so healthy he was 100 years old and I actually took him to breakfast and we, I wanted to, you know, bend his ear a little bit and, and find out what kind of lifestyle he led. Did he smoke? Did he take vitamins? What did he eat? And he was, he, he was a hundred years old and he looked like a really healthy, lean 70 year old that walks the green belt every day. And he said there are really two main factors that he thinks are responsible for him living so long and so healthy. One was his faith and, um, the other one was his positive attitude. Well, anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, he was on the front page of our paper today. Oh, he was turned he? 100, he turned 104. No way. I need to get back with him, but he turned 104, looks the same, hikes every day, 
this is a guy that climbs a one of those ladders to get up to the to the thing where they fly down the mountain on. I mean, this guy is yeah, a zip line. incredible. A zip line. He goes down the zip line. So he climbs a cargo rope up to get to the zip line and zip lines down every year on his birthday. But it's just amazing uh, that guy. I mean, 104. <laughs> he looks great. So there is. So I guess I got off on that for hormones. But yeah, it's never too late. But why would you stop at 65? Because when you stop the hormones, you're going to go back to baseline. And, you know, these bioidentical hormones do not cause cancer or heart disease. They protect you against them. You know, it's one of the main factors that protects you, especially women. Women need estrogen to protect them against heart disease and against osteoporosis, against dementia. So I say take them and, and, until you die. You know, but certainly keep up with all your other routine tests. It just gives you more incentive to feel good to, and have the energy, have the muscle, everything. So I don't agree that you need to stop them, you know, uh, at age 60 or 65. That's just ridiculous, um, in my opinion. Um, it's not just to get you through the hot flash phase. You know, this is for everything. Um, same thing with men and testosterone. Testosterone does not cause prostate cancer. It does not cause heart disease. Um, you know, I said I had a patient today that uh, has done great on testosterone for years. He's in his 70s, and he had he had kind of a high coronary calcium scoring. So uh, he's going to see a cardiologist for further workup, and he, he was worried about the cardiologist because a lot of them do tell people get off the testosterone, and so he goes, "What if?" what if he tells me to get off testosterone if he finds I have a little blockage and to get off it? I said, ignore him because he knows nothing about hormones. Uh, so that's my advice to him. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, let's get Roel's question. Um, Roel asks, what blood work can we use to check our vitamin levels? Uh, examples are vitamin D and zinc. Um, I, I'm assuming your answer to this is going to be the Cleveland, any other, uh, any other tests? Yeah. Well, you know, the Cleveland of course has the vitamin D or you can get a vitamin D anywhere. You can get a vitamin blood panel, uh, that'll include a zinc and a C magnesium, all that. So the zinc's not on the Cleveland, but you can certainly get a vitamin panel and see where you stand on all that stuff. So, so when um, he is to go to his provider, he just asks for a, uh, for a vitamin panel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And specify which ones you want checked too. But make sure they put zinc on there if you want to know it. All right. Thank you for that. Great question, Roel. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's go to Deb's question. Uh, so for years, I didn't care for sweets. Could take a bite or not. In fact, mostly not. Since COVID in July, that seems to have changed. Now wanting, now wanting sweets. Crazy. Have you seen this in other patients? Seems like a sweet craving. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I've seen a lot of crazy things with, you know, COVID and long COVID and all that. We treated every day. We treated one today that uh, still didn't have taste or smell back for almost two years now. Certain things I told her to do to try. But, um, yeah, it seems to change your taste buds and a lot of, you know, your sense of smell and taste go hand in hand. So, yeah, it could definitely do that. Um, plus, you know, long COVID includes a lot of fatigue and brain fog 
And there's nothing that lights your brain up and gives you a little energy for, you know, a few minutes like sugar does. I mean, you know, it's that reward system. It tastes good. It, it lights up those dopamine receptors in your brain. Seems to give you a little quick energy. But in the long run, it's, you know, after about 20, 30 minutes, it's gone. You need more. So you got to detox from that. It's certainly, you certainly do. And you might want to, if you're having some long COVID symptoms, certainly take a good dose of omega-3s, like four a day, and get on some NAC. And there's some other stuff that we'll do um, that may help a little bit. Uh, certainly look at a metabolic panel and make sure your hormones haven't been thrown off and, you know, get a, get a workup on it because there's things that can really help that. I have a lot of people that... Uh, Foods, especially meats, just smell putrid to them. You know, they, they everything tastes and smells like burning flesh. So it's it's a weird thing. Um, that's that's proof that the COVID can get in your brain. Mm. You know, when it starts getting your sense of smell, you know it's in your brain. Um, so what you want to do is keep all that inflammation out. And as you know, sugar is so inflammatory. I mean, I've had people pretty bad arthritis that just cut out all their sugar and their joints got a hundred percent better. LDN is another one we use for that. Uh, low dose naltrexone. I use it on a lot of people that have long COVID and even I use it for weight loss a lot and any autoimmune disease. Um, so yeah, there is help out there. Uh, thank you for that, Deb. I'm going to put Deb's other comment here. Bob Miller has been an inspiration to many of us. That's the uh, the centur the centurion is that um, yeah um, he, yeah. he's 104 uh, says Carol 104 today uh, it was it today you saw it no I think it's it's, it's in a week or so okay but he was in the paper today uh, talking about his 104th birthday coming up well uh, yeah he's an amazing guy happy he's happy a, early a, early birthday to to Bob Miller. Uh, man, what a, what a legacy to just to end up on, on shows like this. He has no idea we're talking, uh, about him tonight. And yet he's, he's inspiring. Uh, gosh, there's 42 people with us tonight, inspiring all of us. Thank you, Bob. Um, let's go to Mark has a great question here. Um, that's, uh, very relevant to what's going on right now. Um, I know several families struggling with food costs, especially, uh, uh, forcing them to buy cheaper, lower nutritionally based foods. They are now yeah. developing issues of prediabetes, high blood pressure, obesity. And the question is, any suggestions how families can supplement nutritional need with less money for healthy food? Uh, this is, this is yeah. very topical, um, yeah. very important. It's true. It's, Mark is right. <clears throat> it was great to see Mark today in the office. Um, but, yeah, here, here's a good suggestion. Eat less. Tell them to eat less. Most people just eat too much, in my opinion. So quality over quantity, um, but you're exactly right. You know, people don't have the money. They're going to McDonald's and getting dollar burgers or getting cheap cereals, which aren't that cheap anymore. Um, and they're going to Sam's and buying huge boxes of cereals and eating that every day. But it's, it's a sad thing. You know, um, back in the old days, real old days, obesity was a sign of wealth. Now obesity is a sign of poverty, sadly. Um, so, you know, really getting those people to eat more fruits and vegetables and, you know, 
it's going to be hard for them to get good quality meats probably, but um, eat less. What well, one Just other eat thing less. Um, do you think education has anything to do with that as well? Like um, I, there's, there's going to be, you know, a lot of people who still believe that, um, you know, eating uh, a whole grain cereal, you know, might, might be a, like a healthy avenue for them. You know, yeah. one, one of my thoughts is like, you know, if we just as a, as a whole did a better job educating people on, um, you know, healthy foods to eat and, you know, that might, you know, make the, um, it might help uh, us realize it's not as expensive as we think. I know, I, I think it was, um, Andy at one point talked a little bit about the Mediterranean diet and how, um, you know, it's actually, it's surprisingly very affordable to eat a diet quite like that, which is nuts and, and berries and, uh, I guess meats on the Mediterranean diet as well. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing too, is if people can't afford it, take advantage of the second harvest food banks that are all over. Mm -hmm. And those are usually pretty good. I think the people that run those have a lot of knowledge mm -hmm. on things, but, um, yeah, the sad thing is the kids, they have to feed the kids because they're hungry. And, you know, the, the childhood obesity rates and rates of type 2 diabetes in, in pre-teenage kids is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we are probably going to face a, a food shortage. Um, it's sad, but if you can help somebody out, if each family that can afford it helps another family that maybe can't, then the world would be a better place. Yeah. And passing um, that knowledge on. Um, Mark, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for that question, um, especially heading into kind of the holiday season. I think that's uh, that's something we need to keep top of top of mind here uh, on the Performance Medicine Show. Um, Bentha has a great question about uh, Ozempic and insurance. Um, this is one I know you get every day. Um, insurance won't cover Ozempic for weight loss. Pharmacists suggested Mongero. Uh, I love the way pronounce that you know it has that flair to it italian french i don't know mongero mongero, mongero yeah mongero. but uh yeah i like mongero you know it's for a lot of people that don't tolerate ozempic uh that's another that's another alternative um yeah the problem those two medicines is, is they're very expensive and insurance a lot of times won't cover them so you know if we can, we try to get you started with a sample if we have any. They're getting scarcer. Um, but at least a starter dose is sometimes feasible and see how it's working for you. And then there's cards that we hand out that, um, you know, help sometimes with co-pays and people that have decent insurance. Um, but, you know, there is a, a similar medicine out there called semiglutide that you can get compounded and it, it works great too. It's way less expensive. So that's what I would suggest if your insurance won't cover any of the, you know, the Ozempic or the Monjuro, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go for the uh, semiglutide, which is way less expensive. It's still a shot. It doesn't come with the fancy pins or anything, but you know, uh, that's, that's another thing you can consider doing. And it's still, still once a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
thank you for that question, Bentha. Uh, let's get to Paul's question. Um, what type of magnesium do you recommend and how much? It's a great question. There, there's nine different types of magnesium. I'm sure I've done a podcast on this before telling you the different types, but it just depends on your situation. If you tend to get constipated and that's a major problem for you, then use mag citrate. Um, and usually the dose on that's 500 milligram. Um, you know, I, there's one that's called calm mag that has magnesium torate in it. There's magnesium succinate. There's, um, magnesium threonate, um, which is the one I take called neuromag from life extension. Um, so there's a lot of different forms. Um, but for anybody that's constipated, I, I, I think the life extension magnesium 500 has a combination of the citrate and succinate in it, which is a good combo. I took that for a long time till I switched to the neuromag. Um, I guess, you know, I don't feel a lot different on either one of them, but, um, just if you do a lot of reading, you want to protect your brains, particularly at a certain age, but magnesium is such a good product. So some magnesium is better than none. I think every adult should have magnesium. Um, you can even get magnesium topically, you know, if it, if it tends to bother your stomach, that's rare, but it, for some people that have a lot of chronic diarrhea magnesium may make it worse. That, then you can take an Epsom bath, salt bath, and or even the, they make creams that you can rub on the bottom of your feet that'll be absorbed. So uh, this depends on your age and what your problems are. Uh, yeah, I just was handed a couple of different types of magnesium. There's a couple of life extensions. That's okay. So uh, neuromag, neuromag is on the yeah. left there, magnesium caps, 500 milligrams. So um, yeah. in general, go yeah. with the neuromag? neuromag? In general, I mean, like the Neuromax L, L3 on eight. And that's, you know, for that, you know, it's only 144 milligram, which seems to be enough for that purpose. But if you're taking it, um, you know, especially if you tend to be constipated, 500 mil milligrams of magnesium, and they're about equal in their, uh, in other words, 144 milligrams of that's equal to 500 of that. So it just depends on the, the reason you're taking it. Um, I've been taking the Neuromag, um, just because I'm 67 years old. I want to make sure that my memory and cognitive function stays up to par. Uh, great question, Paul. Thank you for that. Um, Trevor on Facebook is asking, are there any foods or supplements that can dissolve a calcium oxalate kidney stone that you are aware of? Gosh, I'm trying to recall. There, there. That's a toughie. Um, I don't know if it'll dissolve. You need to start drinking a lot of water. Um, there is a some kind of. I forget the folks at some of the compounding pharmacies uh, make this product. And if Katie's on here, who's I don't mind telling you, she's had some kidney stones. It just runs in her family that um, she received one time that may be a partial benefit. One thing about vitamin D, you definitely don't want to take any extra calcium and you don't want to get your D level too high. And I wouldn't get it over 80 if I suffered for, from kidney stones. Um, 
But there are, I'm trying to remember, I might have to get back with you on that, that substance that, that the, some of the compounders use. I, I don't know if it's that effective anyway, just like medicines that supposedly help you dissolve uh, gallstones. I just don't think they're that effective. Um, but certainly, you know, magnesium may be one of them that could help you, but um, I'll, I'll try to, if I come up with anything, we'll we'll email you and uh, Trevor. What we'll suggestion? What we'll do here is we'll put in the comments later. Uh, if we if we find uh, this substance, we'll put it in the comments uh, for you. Um, great question, uh, man! What a what a great uh, night of questions here on the performance medicine show. I think I think that does it. Uh, what we'll do. Um, uh, I'll put this up here from Mark. This is a, com uh, we got Katie in here too. Um, <laughs> Katie says it's something blue and it worked for me. I love it. Um, it's not compounded. It's an actual medication. Um, I'm seeing, uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, that's a great one. We got corn silk, uh, extract could not, uh, hang on. Getting a little, okay. Uh, I've got, I'm, Getting feedback on here. Yeah. Uh, let me get Ike up here. Ike's chewing my. I'm, no, I'm putting this up here for up. for Trevor. Um, oh, cool! Corn you're you're yeah. gonna see uh, you're gonna see Trevor in the morning. Oh, um, great! Oh, wonderful! Maybe I can come up with an answer before then. I'll <laughs> oh, start studying uh, it tonight. Euro, oh, there there an answer is. Eurogestic blue. Euro Eurogestic Eurogestic blue. Thank you, Katie, for putting that yeah. in there. Um, hope, hope that helps. Also, we got, uh, uh, D Lynn on YouTube's hydrangea and marshmallow for, uh, kidney stones. Thank you for that. Love it. When, when you guys, uh, uh, put some, some of the things that, that you've uh, seen work for you. That's awesome. Thank you, uh, Mark with the corn silk extract. Um, guys, thank you so much. Uh, this has been uh, a blast as it always is. Dad, it's great to see. I, 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 a lot of, I don't know if you guys know, this is, this is, uh, dad and I's time. You know, we get to hang out and we do this every Tuesday. It's, it's one of the, um, uh, you know, great joys, uh, of, of my, of my life. I get to do this, uh, with you guys and with dad and, you know, mom's in the back, you know, Katie's in the comments. We just got such a great team. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, guys. I think we've been doing this for five and a half years, haven't we? Uh, in some form or fashion, uh, I think I think it was Katie who reminded me how many different names we've gone through. Uh, it was it was five at five for a minute. It was the live Q&A. It's the performance medicine show now. Uh, I think we're sticking with the performance medicine show. If you guys if you if that connects with you guys, we're we're going to stick with with the performance medicine show. Are you going to call it the PMS show for short? <laughs> The PMS show. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Does it? That doesn't sound right. It's not only about PMS. Um, all right, let's let's call it a night, uh, Dad. Man, thanks so much for the time. This was awesome. Thank you, Ben. All right, Thank love you. you guys. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week, Tuesdays, seven p.m. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Tom Rogers, uh, LinkedIn, all of the above. We love you. Uh, Katie still calls it five at five. Y'all could call it five at five too if you want. Uh, we love y'all. We'll see you next week. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.